I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we roll through the uh as we roll through the what is it what is it it's the tuesday edition of the program right i'm uh, flying down to south florida we'll be with buck thursday friday in miami it's gonna be fun uh can't wait for that all right there's a scene in season four of succession episode two aired a couple of weeks ago uh where the main character the dad the media baron is addressing his children and I feel like we need to get this uh, clip and just keep it on constant refrain because I heard it and I was like, this is so amazing. And the main character, the media baron, who is a Rupert Murdoch-like figure, says to his children, I love you, but you are not serious people. <laughs> and I thought it was such a perfect line. And I know there are a lot of parents and grandparents out there that are like, oh my goodness, they just distilled my entire life. I love you, but you are not serious people. And I feel like many left-wing arguments, when it really boils down, they're all cosmetic theater. Uh, They don't really have substance behind them because at their essence, they're rooted in emotion, and emotion is, frankly, the enemy of logic. And so, I love you, but you are not serious people is such an amazing line, and it was in Season 4, Succession, Episode 2. I thought about that. There's been a big controversy, right? We still don't have, let's start here, we still don't have the Trans Shooters Manifesto in Nashville. It has now been 15 days. And the left wing has been adroit. They've been skilled. They've been incredibly well trained. And they have turned, in Nashville, my hometown, they have managed to turn this crazy trans shooter into a uh, Republicans or racist argument. That's what they've pivoted from. We still don't have the trans shooter manifesto. Kamala Harris can travel to Nashville, won't meet with the victims of the shooting because they don't want to reinforce that this was a crazy trans shooter. 
Instead, Kamala Harris comes here and they try to say, oh, all Tennessee Republicans are racist, right? That's the argument. Now, to be fair, Tennessee Republicans did screw this thing up when they didn't vote the crazy white chick out, too. They just voted the two black guys out and the crazy white chick survived by one vote. Can we just also add to that that she begged them not to expel her and then the moment she got her wish, she turned around and said... You who failed to expel me did so because you are racist. Yes. Just see, that is in microcosm what it is to deal with a lib politician in America today. Please, please, I beg you, I want to keep my job. Fine, you weren't quite as egregious as the others. You're letting me keep my job out of racism, sir. That so is true. what they did. And if you fell for it, you're an imbecile, frankly. Uh, if you were one, look, if you wanted to say, hey, on principle, I don't think we should be voting anybody out in the Tennessee legislature. I don't think this makes sense. I'm going to vote against all three. Okay. I can see that argument because you kind of turned them into martyrs. You can see that argument. But if you tried to split the baby and you're like, I'm going to toss the two black dudes out, but I'm going to keep the white chick who begged for forgiveness and then immediately went outside, had those crocodile tears. And then as soon as she survived and wasn't kicked to the curb, she immediately said, oh, it's racism. That's why I didn't get kicked to the curb. You got played. You played yourself. And speaking of playing yourself, this is one of the two expelled members of the Tennessee Democrat Party. I believe we have this audio all queued up and ready to go, right? So he went to Bowdoin, which is a super elite. Prob- what does Bowdoin cost? Probably $75,000 a year, Buck. I mean, probably tuition, something like that. It I mean, it's in the, the same richest... conference as my school, Amherst. Not as yeah. good as Amherst, but it's pretty good. So in Maine, it is the one of the richest, whitest schools historically on the East Coast. This guy went to that school, all right? And he didn't just go to that school. He ran for student body president. And guys, I'm going to ask you to stop it if we can right at the end of his... This is the same guy that was expelled, that now is trying to pretend like he's Malcolm X or Martin Luther King Jr. Here he is in 2016 running for student body president of this elite, super white, liberal, rich kid school uh, in Maine. Listen. Justin J. Pearson, and I'm running for president of BSG. There are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. How can we represent all voices in a conversation? I want to do this by partnering with organizations from the Boone Democrats to the Boone Republicans. I want to bring together different voices, dissenting voices, voices that may be more liberal or more conservative, in order that we can reach a point of sort of the radical middle. Okay, pause. Great job there, guys. That is his campaign message. Bowden, Bowden, however you pronounce it. Bowden. Bowden, all right. Bowden. He wanted to be the student body president. You need to watch the video. Uh, That is 2016. Here is this past weekend in a Nashville church. He now has a monster afro. Same dude. Listen. Seemed like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. But oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. All right, now, can we just, I, I want to put them now back to back. Now, you heard them separated. This is the same dude, again, separated by seven years, 
running for student body president at his super white school in Maine that costs $75,000 a year, talking about how he wants to bring everybody together. And then it's suddenly like record scratch, 1965, and he's Martin Luther King Jr. Listen to the whole thing. Justin J. Pearson, and I'm running for president of BSG. There are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. How can we represent all voices in a conversation? I want to do this by partnering with organizations from the Bowdoin Democrats to the Bowdoin Republicans. I want to bring together different voices, dissenting voices, voices that may be more liberal or more conservative, in order that we can reach a point of sort of the radical middle. Seem like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But all that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. But oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. This reminds me, Buck, of... You remember the movie 8 Mile? When uh, Eminem's going up against the uh, the other elite rapper... And Eminem just takes all of me. He's a poor white kid, literally eight mile. And he points out that Clarence, if I remember correctly, was his name, went to Cranbrook, which is the most exclusive and expensive private school in the Detroit area for anybody listening to us who grew up in the Detroit area. And he just says Clarence went to Cranbrook. And everybody just loses it because the guy is a total poser, right? He's, and I wish we could curse sometimes, he's full of crap. He is pretending to be, like a cosplay, a really bad actor that is trying to pretend like it's 1960s in Tennessee. I mean, I I get nervous if I say y'all that people are going to think that I'm appropriated, you know, but it is such a good contraction. My wife was super nervous because she's from Michigan. She's been in Tennessee for 20 years, and I remember having a conversation with her. When can I use the word y'all and not sound like I'm a faker? Right, like not sound like I'm it's a, a real pretender. thing. Everybody, y'all is the is the best way to say what you're trying to say. Period. It's better it's than the you most guys. Efficient. It's better than you yes. all. Yes, you guys is a very is a very. I think it's definitely northeastern, midwest, sort of mid Atlantic, and midwest. You guys, yeah, yeah, you guys. Um, you know, but we say you guys in New York, y'all makes a lot a lot more sense. Or or if you're really a New Yorker, you know, Manhattan, you might say all of you. But all of you is quite a mouthful. So, look. I think we've got another great clip here, too, Buck, because I always love seeing this, too. And I bet a lot of you are also having this uh, reflection. Here is Hillary Clinton, who suddenly, like, this is one of the all-time great, like, I'm going to totally sound different depending on what audience I'm talking to. 2007, here's Hillary Clinton from the Chicago area pretending that she's Southern. Listen. I don't feel no ways tired. <laughs> too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. I think we may have just violated the Geneva Convention by playing that on the air because I think we actually used to use tapes of Hillary to, uh, you know, to torture prisoners to get information back in the day. That was brutal. This is what Southerners know well really bad Southern accents because you're trying 
to pretend that you talk like us, right? I'm born and raised in Nashville. I've been around. Movies are filled with people with bad Southern accents. We'll talk about it, you know, as Southerners, like you watch them. There's two things that always happen. One, there's a lot of really bad Southern accents. Two, every time there's a movie set in the South, everybody's sweating. It's it's really if you go back and watch like a time to kill, it's as if air conditioning doesn't exist in Mississippi. Like I've every also time never they're actually, talking, they're I've, covered. In I've sweat. never seen someone chewing on the long, like almost looks like a piece of wheat or something. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, straw. Yeah, yeah. They do this in movies all the time. I've never actually seen this anywhere. You know who was really good at that, by the way, Fred Thompson. Uh, rest in peace. Was former Tennessee senator, also an actor, but. Other politicians used to complain because his whole campaign was, I'm just going to get in a red pickup truck and drive around the state. And he was a legitimate elite actor. But all of his commercials, he was phenomenal. Like, I can't act. People are like, oh, you know, if you watch, we used to do skits for the sports gambling TV show that I would do. If you give me lines to recite, I am the worst actor on the planet. Like, they would all make fun of me because we'd have a script and I'd have to memorize lines and I couldn't do it. If you just tell me extemporaneously, hey, just go act normal, I can do it. I'm fine on TV. But if you tell me you have to deliver this, I can't do it at all, a lot of these dudes are actors, right? I mean, that's embarrassing. If you're represented by that guy, I mean, that is pretty pathetic. And if Saturday Night Live was actually funny or made fun of left-wingers, this would be a goldmine. I mean, look, there are a lot of a lot of people on the uh, on the Democrat side have gotten away with very obvious pandering and and acts of uh, you could call it you know personal fraudulence, right? I mean, pretending to be something that they're yes. not. We all remember, you know, John John Kerry famously all of a sudden is I I love um, shooting at the ducks that go quack quack, <laughs> and I'm you know I we had the butler gave me this wonderful shotgun to use. I borrowed it from him. I mean, he was. The least man of the people, man of the people you could ever see. And I think one of the things, uh, honestly, not to make this a Trump conversation, one of the things about Trump that people found so appealing is he's like, yeah, I'm a billionaire and I like cheeseburgers and that's really, you know, or, you know, McDonald's cheeseburgers and that's really who I am. Um, and, and I do think that increasingly authenticity is an the asset most for important people. trait. But I think it's but the there most are a lot of trait. frauds. There are a lot of frauds who get very, very far in politics to this day. Um, and you know, I mean, even, uh, I mean, Tucker's done a lot of, of talk on, on his show about, uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was, was Sandy Cortez and then realized and, you know, went to BU, which was at one point the most expensive school in America. Most up there with GW where I went. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right up there with GW. Um, and then all of a sudden we're being told that she's from the Bronx and she had this hard, no, I mean, she, you know, grew up in a household with working professionals who sent her to a $70,000 a year university. And I think it was Riverdale, which is actually a, a not just Oak. It's a fancy part of New York, but it is in the Bronx. So there's this interesting. I think Tucker says she's from Westchester anyway. Um, but you see a lot of that. A lot of people changing around uh, their identity in a way that is more suitable politically for them because it makes them seem like they're. Of the it's a false populism is really what you're. It makes them say, "Oh, I'm Clinton. just like you." That so Hillary vote for Clinton me. clip is one of the funniest things that I've heard. I mean, that that uh, look, this little Tennessee rep, whatever his name is, I don't even know his name. That's funny, but Hillary Clinton was legitimately convinced that she was going to be the first woman president of the United States, and that is the most insulting. 
like first of all, it's a bad southern accent. She has a bad southern accent, and then she tries to speak in like southern black vernacular, which is even more awkward and ridiculous. I would just have run. I mean, I feel like if you just ran that that clip anywhere in the South, like she would not win a single southern state because it's you can't look any more inauthentic. And that dude, I mean, it's just it's it's pathetic, and it also raises the question. Why, and this is a good one for all of you out there, why do so many Democrats want to pretend it's still 1954 or 1965? Like, they why are they, 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 they want the mantle of the civil rights movement when yeah. you've got all the rights you could possibly need? Because their mindset is that they don't have to engage with the other side or deal with even facts or reality because they stand in a position of moral righteousness from the start that is both unassailable and unquestionable. And so that's why they love the 1960s uh, civil rights positioning in 2023, because it's how dare you? We're the ones that are saving the country. And we sit around saying, I don't know, pretty sure transgender surgery for 10-year-olds is not actually saving anything, and it's pretty horrible. Um, and, and I don't think MLK stop. would have been like, hey, you know what? I really hope that one day we can live in an America where 14-year-olds chop their boobs off. I don't think that would have been the next step of the MLK progression. Just throwing it out there. I want to tell you something else, friends. Inflation and prices are rising, and now there's a banking crisis to worry about. With the current stock market volatility, how are your retirement accounts doing? The Phoenix Capital Group says the time to diversify your investments is right now. They recommend high-value U.S. oil and gas investments with current yields that range from 8% to 12% APY paid monthly. That's a better rate of return than banks or CDs with no middleman. They're both Regulation A-plus and Regulation D corporate bond offerings with different maturities, qualifications, and rates. There's also a 9% APY starting at a $5,000 investment open to all investors. Download the Phoenix Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 8 to 12% APY. Download the Phoenix Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. That's phxonair.com. Learn and laugh. Weekdays with Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Clay Ann Buck. We've got Riley Gaines with us in just a couple of minutes. We've been looking forward to talking to her uh, ever since the incident um, at uh, UC San Francisco last week, where she was mobbed by trans activists and, and physically assaulted. We're going to talk to her about legal action she, I believe, is taking and uh, we want to get into those those details. So make sure you stay with us here for just a few more minutes. Riley Gaines uh, will be with us. You remember she was she's the best female swimmer in the nation in her event. What was it last year in the NCAA? Um, so we'll we'll talk to her about what it's like to go speak about women's sports for women at colleges in an era of uh, trans activist madness. Also, uh, Clay, we've got some very interesting international pet day submissions already including to our VIP email on clayandbuck.com. We have a bearded dragon that somebody in the audience has. But we do have an important fact check here. It turns out it is a Gila monster and not, no, you don't have a hard G on that one. It's a Gila monster, but I believe they are venomous, therefore do not make good pets. I would I would not encourage. It also raises the question, when do you just start pronouncing something different if everybody else is pronouncing it that same way. I'll give you an example. Where I live, nobody says hero, right? You order a gyro, right? G-Y-R-O. If you say gyro, if you say hero, people will be like, they have no idea. You got to say gyro, even though it's not pronounced correctly. Yeah. Deep questions. Heal a monster. All right, for all you uh, all you uh, lizard people out there, I apologize for offending you, especially Gavin Newsom. Uh, we want you in a great deal from my pillow. Massive closeout sale on the My Slippers. Maybe one of the greatest products out there. My wife bought 10 more of these. You can buy them right now. They're 80% off, just 25 bucks a pair. Again, you are limited to only buying 10, but you can use our name, Clay and Buck, at mypillow.com and get $25 price per pair. Over $120 in savings. Exclusive four-layer design. You're going to love these. Here's how you get hooked up. Go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square. $25 saving 80% off. Great Mother's Day gift as well. That's MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Use the code Clay and Buck. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. On the front lines of truth. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are joined now by former University of Kentucky women's swimmer Riley Gaines. She swam against Leah Thomas, a.k.a. Will Thomas, the man from the University of Pennsylvania who decided to become a woman and compete in women's athletics. She was just speaking out at San Francisco State University where a mob of hecklers 
attacked her and physically assaulted her and kept her locked up in a room. She is brave. She is fearless. She is fighting for women's sports. And she also, I believe, is like me from the Nashville area. Riley, appreciate the time. How are you? Of course. I'm doing good, and I am from the Nashville area, not too far from you. Yeah, for sure. All right, so for people out there who have not seen the viral video and have not experienced what happened to you, take us into that speech at San Francisco State University, the reaction to it, your experience, and what has happened since. Absolutely. So I was invited to San Francisco State to give a speech on protecting women's sports, which is what I've been doing this past year, um, highlighting what it takes to get to that top level. Um, of course, what my experience in competing against Leah Thomas looked like, not just for myself, but for my teammates, for the other girls at that meet, what the locker room piece looked like, um, the silencing and the suppressing of our voices that our coaches and our administrators um, participated in after the fact. Um, and I just explained why, why putting Title IX at risk is harmful to women and why it deserves to be protected. Um, I gave so, the right- speech. There was many protests. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to ask. Go ahead. No, sorry. I was just going to say, I gave the speech. There were many protesters in the room, um, and it went relatively peaceful until afterwards. That's when a mob stormed in. They turned the lights. They flickered the lights. They stormed. They rushed me. They pushed me to the podium. Um, there was lots of pushing and shoving and hitting, and then I, a cop came up, which I was supposed to meet with the campus police an hour and a half before the event, and they never showed up, and so I wasn't even aware there was a cop in the room. Um, but she eventually escorted me out of the room, to which in the hallway was just filled with more people. And we ultimately got pushed into another classroom in the hallway where we were barricaded for three hours. Riley, um, so you were, just so everyone's very clear on this, you were physically assaulted. You were hit. Someone someone attacked you. Is that correct? Correct. And was it a, was it a transgender uh, individual or just one of the activists or uh, you know was it basically were you assaulted by a man to my knowledge yes again the lights were flickering but i believe this was a man um dressed as a woman so you were attacked but you to your belief to your knowledge you certainly were attacked we were attacked by what you believe is a man dressed as a woman i'm very curious and first of all this is this is just horrifying you know the whole incident we saw it on video so i think that at least people have some awareness of what a a shrieking bunch of of lunatics the protesters you know quote protest it was really a small riot was what you faced what were the police saying to you during this and why didn't the police pull out pepper spray i mean that's that's a standard for a crowd control situation like that i mean people that are gathering around you assaulting you these sorts of things pepper spray would seem to be right within law enforcement escalation of tactics absolutely (laughs) you would think that that would be necessary but these police to be totally honest uh, granted they were campus police but they were terrified to do their job um to which they pretty openly admitted they didn't want to be accused of being racist um a lot of the the protesters when we were barricaded in the room of course i could hear them behind the door screaming you're just protecting that white girl because she's white these police were put in a position where they didn't want to risk their job they didn't want to be seen as anything other than an ally to that community. And so it did hinder their performance. Um, I missed my flight home. I was supposed to fly home that evening. But because the police couldn't safely evacuate me from the building, I missed my flight. Um, These protesters, they were demanding money from me if I wanted to make it home safely. And the police did nothing. Um, They were negotiating with the the dean of students (laughs) 
about my safe passage home, and I couldn't believe they were negotiating this. Like, this is something we were genuinely having a discussion about. Wait, um, wait when you say negotiating, like, what, what, did that, what do you mean? Like, take us into that specific, what did that sound like? <laughs> From my side of the door, I could hear them talking. You know, they were saying, well, Riley got paid to be here, so why shouldn't we get paid if we want to let her leave? First of all, the university did not pay me to be there. <laughs> that is not true at all by any means. Yet they felt as if they were entitled to reparations just from a conservative speaker being on campus. I mean, this is and kidnapping, by the way, just to be clear. clear Go ahead, you were there three hours. They kept you inside of a barricaded classroom for three hours? Yes. The whole three hours yelling, violent, obscene, terrible, awful things to both myself and the officers. Um, they were screaming, if you didn't want the smoke, you shouldn't have come to this university. Um, trans rights are under attack. What do we do? We fight back. I mean, it's kind of chilling to think about what they would have done to me had someone not been able to step in because there was no way I could have safely removed myself from the situation. I was totally stormed and surrounded. And so it does kind of put you in fear for your life in the moment a little bit. Um, you have no idea how unhinged these people really can be until you see it with your own eyes and they're coming at you. I just want to be clear. What they found so unacceptable was that you said men should compete against men in sports and women should compete against women in sports and basically that biology is real and there are two genders. The people on that campus found that to be totally unacceptable for you to share and maybe for people out there who might not have experienced your story this comes out of your experience in swimming against a man and as you said so few women athletes including now megan rapino and sue bird are even willing to stand up and say women should compete against women and men should compete against men yeah i mean a trans man stole the national championship from riley in her event effectively right that's what happened at the ncaa finals we're speaking to riley Gaines for anyone who's joining us in progress here um, about what happened at uh, San Francisco State University um, last week. Riley, to your not, what was the response after all this happened? So now we know what the incident was like. After all this happens, did a university take any disciplinary action against any students? Has anyone been expelled? No. The university doubled down by saying they were proud of their brave students. Literally, word for word, they said, um, it can be very hard to have someone who so egregious come to campus and speak, and it takes tremendous bravery to stand in this challenging space. And we're so proud of the moments where we listened and we asked insightful questions, and we're, we're proud of the, the students who demonstrated the value of free, free speech and the value to protest peacefully. We must Riley, have a different definition of peaceful because what I experienced was by no means peaceful. Why do you think so many women athletes are afraid to say what you are saying? And I want to go back again specifically because you tweeted about them earlier. Megan Rapino and Sue Bird. Megan Rapino is an elite women's soccer player. Sue Bird, an elite basketball player, women's basketball player. They're both saying, oh, we're opposed to the idea of preventing trans athletes, that is men identifying as women, from competing in their sport. That's almost basically endorsing the erasure of women's athletes from women's athletics. What are they thinking in your mind? Why are they saying that? And why are you out there in many ways on an island making the arguments that you are? Well, to be totally frank, people are scared because look at what just happened to me for saying something as simple as men and women are different. 
that easy, right? That common sense. Yet I was still ambushed. Um, no one wants that to happen to them. No one wants to be labeled as transphobic. Of course, people would rather like Megan Rapino and like Sue Bird and like Billie Jean King, who were trailblazers for women's sports. So, of course, it's ironic, but they want to be seen as inclusive and kind and accepting and welcoming and loving and all of the things, which, of course, who doesn't want to be seen as those things? But newsflash, it's not inclusive to allow men to take a podium spot from a woman. It's exclusive. And it's not kind to allow a male equipped with male genitalia to change in a locker room with girls. That's not kind. That's not inclusive. Um, and like I mentioned, the double standard here, these are women who fought relentlessly. Um, Megan Rapino, in particular, she fought for equal pay and equal access and equal resources for women. But now I'm realizing it was a sense of faux feminism because when you're fighting to have um, really for Title IX to be taken down so men can compete on women's teams, it, it's hypocrisy. Riley, I just want to ask you before uh, before we, we finish up, are you, pl- oh, well, Clay also has a follow-up, but um, do, do you plan on taking legal action against the coll- against the, uh, the university, against any of the individuals? I mean, they, they very clearly, I'm not a lawyer, Clay is, they very clearly broke the law, though. We all know that. Absolutely. Um, I definitely intend to, if nothing else, to send a message because, When is enough enough? Um, We've gotten to the point where there are no repercussions. There are no consequences for acting out in this manner. But I've had enough. (laughs) It has reached enough for me. Um, And so I will be pursuing um, some sort of legal action to hold someone accountable, whether that's the university, the campus police, the individuals themselves. Um, There needs to be a message sent. Last question for you, and thank you for speaking out. You can follow Riley on Twitter. We'll be sharing this interview so you guys can uh, can find that as well. Dylan Mulvaney is a man pretending to be a woman. Nike gave him a sports bra uh, endorsement deal and a women's leggings endorsement deal. I'm just curious. Has anyone, and they said he's brave for living his life. Has anyone at Nike reached out to you and asked you if you would like a women's apparel deal? <laughs> oh goodness, no. <laughs> and I don't anticipate that, but I don't I don't know if they can understand the mockery of what this makes of, of women, especially the video of Dylan, I guess, portraying what he thinks women look like when we work out doing jumping jacks and doing different things. That is so incredibly degrading and for Nike to take this stance. Um, they can forget getting my money and I, I've talked to a lot of female athletes who agree with exactly everything I just said. Riley Gaines, fighting the fight. We appreciate you. We appreciate your bravery. We're sorry about what happened to you. A lot of the guys in particular, and I'm sure a lot of ladies in this audience wish we had been there to be able to help you out under the circumstances. But please keep speaking out and come back on the show whenever you want. Awesome. Sounds fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for being with us. My friends, with Biden being the most pro-abortion president in history... And quite the firestorm going on in the courts over what's referred to as the abortion pill. How do we protect the unborn lives of babies? One way really can help. Support the work being done at Preborn's network of clinics nationwide. They welcome pregnant moms contemplating life or an abortion for their unborn child. They offer unconditional support and compassion and free ultrasounds. That ultrasound is a game changer. Most of the time, a mom will choose life after meeting her unborn child. Preborn has saved over 200,000 precious babies. And every day... Preborn rescues 200 babies' lives. 
But Preborn receives no government funding. Their work is completely dependent on us, the pro-life community. Please join us in this effort with a donation. One ultrasound is just $28. Your donation of any size, whether big or small, will make a difference. Someday you might meet a baby you've rescued, and when you become a monthly sponsor, you will receive stories and pictures of babies that you help to save. To donate, just dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say the word baby, or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. Want more Clay and Buck that you didn't hear on the show? Get podcast extras in the Clay and Buck podcast feed. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media. Spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. You know, we were just talking off air, Clay and I, about the uh, really powerful conversation just now with Riley Gaines. Who? What was she? A, was it backstroke? Was that her event or butterfly? I can't remember. I think uh, I'm not an expert in the swimming world, but I think she. I think you do yeah. a lot of them. But she was one of the. She's an elite women swimmer for the University of Kentucky, uh, and she lost because I, I think you got to keep telling the story of how she ended up as a spokesperson here. She lost to Leah Thomas, a dude, and right. then there was the picture of her on the stand standing next to six foot three man and it was like it's clearly well, unfair it, it's so important because one of the ways they really 
are are dishonest in this debate and argument is they play this game of either it doesn't happen that much, but that's getting harder and harder for them as this happens more and more, and they push it more and more. Yes. With sponsors and ad campaigns and everything else for the trans agenda in sports or just in general. But but also they say, What's the big deal? Who's harmed by this? Well, gee, if if I had been and you know, I'm I'm far from this, an elite near Olympian level athlete who had been swimming in a pool as a as a young girl since age four and this is my crowning moment and achievement to get a gold medal in the NCAA championships, and I'm given silver, this is what happened to Riley Gaines. She gets the silver medal, not the gold medal, because a dude wanted to pretend to be a woman for that meet. That is what happened. So there are people that pay a real cost, and people say, oh, it's really not. Let's let's just destroy all merit, all all good things, all achievement, all beauty. Let's just tear it all down because the left is having a tantrum. Leah Thomas won the 500 Women's Championship and then was nominated by the University of Pennsylvania for Woman of the Year in the NCAA. It's crazy, and I just want to emphasize that last question I asked of her. For all of you out there listening, first of all, Buck's right. When people say, well, why do you care? She didn't choose this battle. This battle chose her because she went head-to-head against a male swimmer in an NCAA championship. So she actually experienced how unfair this is. And I just want to emphasize that last question that I asked her because I think it goes straight to the essence of this. Look at what Nike is selling to girls out there. Nike is trying to sell to girls, hey, Look at this dude wearing a sports bra. Look at this dude wearing women's pants. He's so brave. This is who we want to put on a pedestal for little girls to look up to and emulate. And they wouldn't even consider signing Riley Gaines to a contract. Who is more courageous? Who would you rather your little girls and granddaughters emulate? A fearless women's college swimmer who sees something wrong and is willing to speak out on it, not just on her own behalf, but on the behalf of all women athletes, or a dude who is pretending to be a girl. Because Nike is telling you they want your daughters and granddaughters looking up to a man with a penis and no boobs who is trying to sell them women's athletic gear. And tell me that that isn't a fundamentally perfect metaphor of how broken our society has become. To me, Riley Gaines, true courage, true bravery, speaking out and recognize how few people in women's athletics are willing to speak out on her behalf. How few feminists who claim to care about women, as you pointed out in that interview, Buck, she got attacked by a man physically assaulted they kept her locked in a room for three hours has nancy pelosi spoken out it's her district has kamala harris spoken out she's the vice president has joe biden said a word about how inappropriate this attack is of course not think about why they're being silent and what message we are sending to your kids to your daughters and granddaughters coming up here in a couple of minutes we'll talk about how the Flagship Whole Food store in San Fran got shut down when you hear about what was going on there. But the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, 
she wants you to know that this is all kind of being misrepresented. San Francisco, she's doing a great job with the city. Oh, we'll talk about it. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 